Greetings, Trinitarians. This podcast is possible partly because of Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary in Evansville, Indiana. If you're interested in beginning your theological academic journey at Trinity, contact us at trinitysem, that's trinitysem.edu today. Welcome to Trinity Radio. I'm Braxton Hunter, and along with me is... Jonathan Pritchett. And today we're talking about why I'm a Catholic. I mean, we're not, but he is. So it's here's, not heresy. It's come on. No, it's Harris' son. Wow! They gave us nothing but tradition and no argument. All they did was get on this stage, yell real loud, and set a straw man on fire. Okay, now this is I I, I was not impressed. <laughs> I, I've never heard of this gentleman before, but and there is no evidence at all, except in the imagination of Dr. Braxton and like-minded thinkers, that there is such a thing as an objective morality. All right, well, that was a very passionate speech by Professor Alvarez. However, let me point out a couple of things that I have not argued tonight that Professor Alvarez seems to think that I have argued. Everything that begins to exist must have a cause for its existence. On behalf of humanity, God became man to die for the sin of the world. Then, because of that sacrifice, you can rise from the dead just like he rose from the dead. All right, so in this episode, we're going to be responding to a video from a Catholic apologist of sorts, um, explaining why he is a Catholic. And the video is linked in the show notes on the YouTube video. Now, I want to say up front that this is not going to be an anti-Catholic response. No, and I really like this guy. I feel like yeah. I say that a lot. Yeah. But I do, particularly. This guy, I liked him, and I even liked some of what he said, and we're going to reaffirm some of what he said. Sure. And, uh, of course, we're both Protestants. We're not Catholics. But believe it or not, we actually do have maybe one or two Catholic students at Trinity. So, And I know that we've had some in the past. We also have Eastern Orthodox students. Um, so we're not rabid Protestant apologists who are anti-Catholic. The episode is not why Catholicism is false. It's a response to one man's reasons why he's a Catholic. Right. So that's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, are, was that the end of your paragraph? I don't... Apparently it was. Yeah. All right, so uh, <laughs> let's jump right in. So the, the video, and, and, and I'll tell you what, even in preparing for this, mm-hmm. see, we respond to this video particularly because... One of our friends, in fact, Matt Chisholm at the uh, Bible Brodown, sent us this video and said, you need to respond to this guy. Right. And sent us this video. Now, uh, in looking over the guy's YouTube channel, I actually found some other videos that perhaps in the future we can deal with where I think he, I think he gives more of what he finds problematic about Protestantism. Yeah. Um, more, more of a defense that why way. Why I'm not a Protestant. Yeah, maybe it's why I'm not yeah, a Protestant. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, I mean, that's an interesting thing, because we always hear evangelicals talk about how uh, people will leave the Roman Catholic Church, they'll find an evangelical church, and they'll love the, you know, the music and, and the, the, the less... Uh, the less... Uh, um, Come on now, out with it. Uh, what's the right word? I don't know. It's liturgical? Not, it, less liturgical, less, you know, the trappings are a little bit more relaxed, less, uh, 
I can't think Reverent? of Reverent? Well, no, they wouldn't say that because that would just... Well, frankly, I have to say that the few times I've been in a Catholic service, yeah. one thing I did appreciate was the level of reverence. And, and there's another guy... Uh, oh, and, and by the way, whether that's what's going on in the hearts and minds of everyone in the service or not... At least the way things are set up, I did appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, they're, less they're, formal. We'll yeah, say. it is less. Uh, the the evangelical. They're more formal. Are, yeah. yeah. But um, in fact, uh, I, I um, was going somewhere with that sentence. But whenever I've been in a service like that, I've thought that's something I wish that we could we could replicate. Oh, the guy even has another video that just from the title, it sounds like I think it's something like church isn't supposed to be fun. <laughs> I, yeah. think, I think one of the points he's trying to make is if you're look, I don't know, okay, but I would say, and I, I plan to look at it. Uh, if, if he's if he's saying something like, well, it does, of course it. It's not a rock show at the Catholic Church, and it's not you know all the visuals and all the stuff, video uh. and all that. Uh, you know, if he's saying you know it's not it's not supposed to be like that way. Well, it's not supposed to be the. Avengers, I don't know what he's talking. You know? Well, he needs to say that to Christ the King in Little Rock, Arkansas, because they have a contemporary. I don't even service. know if that's what he's saying. I haven't watched yeah. that particular okay. video because yet. Christ the King in Little Rock, Arkansas has a contemporary service. So, but you always hear evangelicals talk about Catholics coming over to the even. But you, what, what, what's fascinating to me is people like Francis Beckwith or Holly Ordway or, or Donald J. Johnson or, or Donald J. Johnson or Scott Hunt, or uh, Robertson Jennis, who grew up Presbyterian, is when they go the other way. And, and It uh, is very interesting. It's very interesting that these people know every Protestant critique there is against the Catholic Church, and they're like, yeah, but I'm going to Rome. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it is I, I hear what you're saying. I grew up that way. I know, I know that, but I'm going to, to the Catholic Church. And one thing that gets my wife and I curious is why so many Protestant intellectuals move towards the Catholic tradition. Yeah. And so you can talk all day long about how lay people drift to the, to the Protestant churches, the Protestant evangelical churches, but when learned theologians are moving the other way. Well, and it's not like, it's not like in droves. I mean, you know, it's like when we first No, moved but what to, it happens, it gets your attention. Yeah, what is it? I mean, the fact that you know the names of those people. Yeah, you watched indicates the movie. how how, yeah. how it's not a huge thing. I mean, you know, it's like when we first moved to Evansville, Indiana, from Nashville, and my mother was freaking out because, or maybe it was, it was I don't know who it was. I only say that because I think my mother may listen to the show, but um, hmm. uh, I think she was bothered that hey, there's there was a there was a shooting in Evansville this weekend. I'm like, yeah, and the fact that you know about that one shooting <laughs> means it's a safer city because in Nashville, there's a lot of shootings going on, <laughs> right. you know? So uh, so in the same way, the fact that we know the names of these guys and gals who have gone to Catholicism. The prominent theologians. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean, it mean it's, not a, it's not like this huge, like, yeah. you know. And Don Johnson did a, a movie about some of those types yeah. of people. Yeah, and, um, But I do hear that... Convinced. The, yeah, convinced. And then there's also laypersons moving from the Protestant church to the Catholic church, too. Mm -hmm. So it, maybe not in the same amount that they come to the Protestant evangelical churches, but there is also migration uh, the other way. And if you look at all the data from the millennials, the millennials say, oh, we want the smells and bells of the, of the Catholic and the Orthodox church. So um, I know that there's been a lot of advertising on television because people keep telling me about it because I don't watch television, but... I get a lot of advertising, I hear about a lot of advertising about come to 
the Catholic Church. They have a lot of television ads. And since they do that, Trinity Radio would like to very quickly say, um, if you'd like to come to Trinity Radio, by which we mean, if you would like to become a patron and a supporter of this program. Just yesterday, Dr. Pritchett and I shipped off some gifts that are being given from yes. Trinity Radio to people who are patrons, and those people are Robert Gillier, William Schroeder, Armin Jacob Paulson, Johnny Miller Jr., Kurt Jaros, Ernest George Strauss III, Austin Eakin, Jonah Krylo, Austin Long, Billy Wendell, and Eleanor Meadows, Second Yang, and Anonymous. Those of you who are anonymous, we thank you. And you can become a patron by clicking somewhere up here around the picture of L. Ron Hubbard, who we do not support. No. Um, and so, <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's jump right into it, because I feel like... We could get, we, this is going to take a while. Okay, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel like this could take a while. So let's walk through the reasons. If you haven't watched the guy's video, we want him to speak for himself. So pause us, go over, click it the, in the link uh, in the show notes. I think I'll have it on the podcast too. Yeah, or just go watch it afterward because when you said this was going to take a while, we just lost half our viewers. Well, they already see the timestamp. They already know. Okay, uh, but Fair anyway, is, is, we can't sneak up on this podcast listening audience. But uh, okay, so we're going to walk through for those of you that have perhaps not listened to one of these Wyma episodes before in the Wyma series. What we do is we take a video where someone says why they're a whatever, why I'm a Muslim, why I'm a, uh, a Mormon, why I'm a, and this time it's why I'm a Catholic, and we don't we're not doing a whole big sweep with everything wrong with this position. We're just going from what the person in the video says. Yes. And the person in this video said several things, and we're going to walk through those things, and we're going to respond to them, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a and, whole and lot of fun. somewhere before the end of this season, when we've gone through all the Wyma series, um, we're going to have to answer the questions ourselves. Why, why I'm a Christian. Why, why I'm a Christian, or for you, why I'm a Southern Baptist, for me, okay. why I'm a General Baptist, you know. We, we got to, I mean, more specific than Christian, so we've got to... And then somebody else can respond to our video. That's right. And pay it forward. That's right. All right, um... By the way, if you want more of those Wyman videos, just click the subscribe button and then go check out the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Braxton Hunter. Yeah. And, and, and if you're listening by audio, just it won't be that hard. You can probably do it on your phone while you're not driving. And right? if you're new to the show again, also go listen to our back catalog or go we get debates. We got yeah. a topic, every topic you can imagine. It's amazing. All Trust right, me, let's... these shows are timeless. They're always they hold relevant. up well, don't right. they? Yeah, if yeah. I say so myself. We need to go back and see if we've made any predictions that have come true. Though we're not, we're not claiming to be prophets because if you say you're a prophet, you are one. It's just whether you're a true one or a false one, right? <laughs> right. All right. Uh, okay. So the first reason that he gives, great guy again, great guy, says this: "I'm Catholic because I believe it's true." I love that reason to be something because I agree wholeheartedly with what this gentleman says in this regard, that you should, you should take a particular position, especially a worldview position, because you think it happens to be true. Not mm -hmm. because it would be nice, not because it's beautiful, not because you know your family raised you that way, not merely because of that. You should believe a thing because the thing happens to conform to reality. Right. right? And so I'm with you. Now, from there, uh, he goes on to say, we shouldn't decide truth based on political correctness. I agree 100%. Just yep. because something is politically incorrect and considered barbaric by today's standards or archaic or whatever doesn't mean that it's false. It might mean that what we're doing today, like killing the innocent in abortion clinics, is actually 
the the barbaric thing. Right. And, so, and I think I'm confident he and I would be on the same page with respect to that issue. Yes, and he needs to go um, have a talk with the young lady that we talked about in the abortion video because she has become Catholic. Be Catholic, yeah. She just recently became Catholic. Well, I'm so a pro-life Christian. Christian. Yeah, yeah, and now she's oh, no, a pro-choice. Well, I'm a pro-choice, pro-choice Christian. Christian, and yeah. now she's a Catholic. So she, yeah. you need to go... Go fix... You know, go right. handle her. Right. <laughs> he has to be aware of her. Uh, but anyway, because uh, she's a big YouTuber. But... Okay, so I'm Catholic because I believe it's true. That's great. But here's where maybe it goes off the rails a little bit. Again, I, I, I want to be respectful. I think this guy's great, but yeah. this is where maybe we have some problems. We're not anti-Catholics. He says, quote, The Catholic Church is the only messenger who speaks as though the message she carries is actually true. Let me read that again. The Catholic Church is the only messenger who speaks as though the message she carries is actually true. False. That is false. Right. Ron Hubbard. Even if you just meant the universal (laughs) church by Catholic Church. No, I mean, because L. Ron Hubbard, who said he's starting a religion for money, or said something like that before he eventually did. Still speaks as though it's actually true. Everyone speaks as though, at least to other people, as though what they believed is true. Otherwise, nobody would believe it. Right. They, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, Islam speaks as though Islam, Islam is true. Uh, you could do that with almost anything. Uh, you you might have some Eastern uh, religions that that even though some of them are speaking as though what they're saying is true, they're relativistic. Yoda speaks and, of the force know, as if so, it was true. You're right. I mean, when I'm watching when I'm watching uh, Frank Oz perform Yoda in Star Wars, I'm convinced that Yoda hooked. believes. That You're convinced that Frank Oz believes in the Force. Not, well, I'm convinced <laughs> that Frank Oz's his convincing performance as Yoda. I'm convinced that Yoda me. is Fozzie Bear when I listen to it. Oh, really? I mean, he is Fozzie Bear, but yeah, it's well, all Frank it Oz. Yeah. Uh, but yes, you make a valid point. But let's give this guy the benefit of the doubt. I mean, we don't even have to really give him the benefit of the doubt. He kind of says some things after this that lead me to believe he doesn't mean it the way we just characterized it, even though that's exactly how he said it. Because the next thing that he says about that point is uh, she, the Catholic Church, doesn't tamper with it, the truth, or compromise it, even when the mean when this means enduring great suffering. I, that may be me paraphrasing him. And he talks about the apostles were willing to die for what they believed, and generations they, of Christians after them Catholic. died for their beliefs. Right. Now, this is something that we have seen happen in our little experiment mm-hmm. called the Wyma series, mm-hmm. which is some which it's softer with Catholicism. Because they that retcon. Is, they retcon everything yeah. into their yeah, and, and so now the apostles are. See, here's a th- here's a problem. Wait a minute. Let me let me clarify this because okay. I think this is a valid thing when you're looking at different worldviews to notice about mm-hmm. people that talk about the world. And I don't think he's trying to do anything manipulative with the evidence here, but like with the Scientology. And don't anybody leave this saying Braxton Hunter thinks Catholicism is tantamount to Scientology. That is not the point. No. But what I am saying is this. When we were in the Scientology thing, what did that article say? The woman was saying that Scientology is fine because, and then she goes on to talk about how religious people have said X, Y, and Z, where there was a there was a, a shifting of train tracks, right. where now she's using the history of religion 
to validate her Scientology mm -hmm. when those are different things. We see quite the opposite happening here, where this guy is talking about things that all Christians would agree. All Christians right. want to point to the apostles. All Christians want to point to the New Testament, the first yeah. century, and, and the very early church. And then he's saying, you know, that that the deaths of the apostles, their martyrdom, is evidence for the truth of Catholicism. When that is precisely the very thing that we're trying to. If you mean Roman Catholicism, if you yeah, it's kind of big of the question. If you if you mean Roman Catholicism, no. If you mean universal Christianity, sure. Because here's the problem. You and I, along with every other Protestant, every other Eastern Orthodox person, every other Coptic Christian, everyone agrees that the apostles were Christians. Mm -hmm. Only Catholics think that they were also, you know, the, the, the precursor to the Roman Catholic Church. And that, well... Exclusively. Exclusively, that, that, that Christ started the Roman Catholic Church. That, 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 that that's their pedigree. But no, that, that's universal Christianity's pedigree, but that's not the Roman Catholic Church pedigree by itself. Right. And so with that in mind, though... And most, most Protestants and fair historians will say that it wasn't until uh, maybe the 6th century, even though some people try to argue earlier than that, that anything like what we see today is the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. Uh, before, I mean, it, it, and then, of course, you have a lot of chaotic popes that the Catholics will acknowledge were... You know, so but this idea of unchanging truth, no, they're right. Their 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 dogma has changed quite a bit. You know. Yeah, and but with this in mind, what he's actually saying is not what he actually said. The Catholic Church is the only messenger who speaks as though the message she carries is actually true. What he means is they're the only ones who have demonstrably functioned as though they really meant it. But again, that's also true of Islam, and that's also true of a lot of other things. And as far as martyrs go. Yes, it's true of some other religions, but but even on the very specific details he gave, all Christians want to point to the apostles. Right. All Christians want to talk about the early martyrs. So you're right, it's begging the question. Okay, but then on the heels of that, he says, it's countercultural. Now, let me just say right there that I think it is. I think Christianity, biblical Christianity, as well as Catholicism, is countercultural. However... That something is countercultural is not on its own a good reason to believe it. Right. I, uh, I ISIS argue, is countercultural. Right. And back to Scientology is <laughs> right. nobody likes them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, everyone hates yeah. Scientology. And I think he would agree. I mean, yeah. I don't know, but I would think he would agree with me that just it being countercultural. Really, what I'm seeing happen, and we're going to see this more and more as we go through his other reasons, is he's giving you kind of a cumulative case. If yeah. we were putting this in apologetics terms, he was using kind of a cumulative case for the truth of Catholicism, or at least, I mean, I know he's not. He's giving you his reasons, but he's saying you ought to believe what's true. So he is kind of giving us an apologetic. And he's saying, it looks like he's saying all these little things, I don't think he would grant this, but not one of them in and of itself gives you a slam dunk for Catholicism. No. But when you line them all up together in one little you know, eight-minute YouTube video or whatever it is, it the starts to look like yeah. there's a lot of weight. However, this falls prey to the leaky buckets criticism, which we'll get to later. But anyway, on countercultural, he says, when culture wants to float along with fashion, it's it's Catholicism that stands against that current. Except for this new pope who seems to go with every... I mean... <laughs> well, okay, go ahead, because I have direct quotes. Yeah, I mean, this 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 pope, most tradition... I mean, he is not... Francis. Yeah, Pope Francis is not Benedict, is not Rassenberg. I mean, there, Slate magazine said yeah. he is a flaming liberal. Yes, and... and I don't know if that's true. I'm just telling you what... No, Slate it is true. And, and, and older Catholic 
conservatives. Which, in the terms we're talking about, kind of reduces to, how did he say it? Floating along with fashion, the right. fashion of the times. I, right. I don't want to be a jerk, but I'm just saying, you know, if you're if you're liberal, kind of in our context now yeah. on social issues like this, kind yeah, of means I, you're going along with. Yeah, I don't follow the Pope. This is not my interest. Okay, mm-hmm. but the fact that I could, I know enough about him that whether or not it's true, the fact that I see headlines where the Pope tells somebody that God made his. Somebody gay or whatever. Okay, but let's talk about that, because I want to defend the Pope a little bit. Okay. Um, Go full Jesuit here. (laughs) My first impression is, it wouldn't surprise me if he was saying that within the context of embracing the, the community as being biblically permissible. Now, I don't think that that's what he's doing, but the perception is, and and I look at stuff like that and I think, this is more of what we're used to from this Pope, and it seems yeah. like that's a shift mm-hmm. in the Catholic attitude towards certain behaviors within the well, Roman Catholic here's, Church. Well, here's what's going on with that. Now, first of all, we understand that, first of all, that was a private conversation that is being reported. It, it seems to be true, but I wasn't there for the private conversation, so I want to give that caveat. It mm-hmm. was a private conversation the Pope had in which he said this most recent thing, that the Pope loves you, God loves you. God made you that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now we would take issue with that. Um, however, if what he means is what Catholicism has said now for decades, which is that the, uh, the sexual orientation you might be born with, but it's the acting on it that is sinful. Well, then that I'm, I'm open to that uh, possibility. However, I would never say God made you that way. And the reason I wouldn't say that is because, and I think that's going too far, is because that someone, if it's true, and we don't know for sure, but if it's true that someone is born with a particular you know, homosexual proclivities or whatever, we would chalk that up to being born into a sin-wrecked, fallen world that is not the ideal of God's original creation. Right, but I, I, I still think that from everything that I've read on that issue that it's, there's no evidence to support that. Right, I, I'm not, yeah, and I want to be clear to the audience, and we've been clear, I think, in multiple previous podcasts, we're not convinced that that is the case right. medically. However, uh, if it were the case, it wouldn't hurt my Christianity because I don't still think God made that person homosexual. Right. That's the result of living in a sin-wrecked world in which... Uh, things have happened to the, to the genetic uh, goings on in the physical body over decades. And, right, and, but you're you know. saying this was a private conversation, but but nobody's surprised by it if it was. Yes, true. and that's the point that I want to because say. This, because this this new pope has a record, and I'm sorry to to our friend here, but if popes are the ones who are ultimately responsible for the dogma and the doctrine of the church or whatever. Uh, it's not consistent. Well, they have disagreements within Catholicism, but what the point, the soft point that I want to make is, and he has said before, like, I'm not here to judge these people and blah, blah, blah. But it, let's just be charitable to the comment. Let's say that modifying it, he meant something like what we have said, which is if it is the case that, a per, that if a person is born with that proclivity, then uh, that's not the sinful thing, but the sinful thing would be to act on it. Let's just give him that. Still, he didn't word it like that. He has said things before that seem hospitable to uh, the same-sex marriage movement and all that kind of things just by saying, hey, I'm not here to judge them, and we need to this and that and the other thing. And so I, I want to be charitable to his comments, but I will say this. 
like the the LGBTQ or however many other letters now go in there, that group, the religious leaders who are who are in that group, are, are loving this yeah. and are saying it in everywhere over the past 24 yeah. hours. And the Vatican's silent because they say they don't comment on the Pope's private conversations. So I'm just saying... If you if we're if we're counting up you know whether or not they stand whether or not Catholicism floats along with fashion or stands firm against it I give you that with the pro life movement I, I give you that with the pro life movement I don't know about this I'm just saying it, it doesn't look like it in this case now it may be that take the whole ball of wax it's a different story I'm just going on what's happened in the past 24 hours right, right? but yeah. back to his earlier point that it never changes right like it's just, oh come on a history proves that easily. Yeah. And I'm sorry, and my Protestant friends don't like me for this, many of them, especially in the reform camp. I make Protestant Christians own our garbage. We have crud. <laughs> I'll use that word. Mm -hmm. We have stuff. And yeah, uh, those reformers, pretty wicked people, bloodthirsty tyrants, drowning people, all kinds of crazy stuff. Just offending everyone here today, aren't we? Yeah. No, no. I'm, Equal I'm opportunity offenders. Our Protestant history... Not, not a bloodshed. Not always, not always great. And I'm going to make us own our stuff. Mm -hmm. you, no historical revisionism. What about no, the Anabaptists no, and the Puritans and all those And the people? Anabaptists who, some of those Anabaptists who blew up that, that room full of people. Yeah, I mean, all of it. And that wins me no friends with your Southern Baptist folk. When I remind them, when they'd just be like, "We're not Protestants because we're not when protesting anything." No, I know. That's what Baptists always say. No, when they when they when they cheer me on for for the litany of reformers doing horrible things, and I say, well, "Wait a minute, but you guys love the Anabaptists, and here's this ordeal where they blew up a room full of people. You guys have your problem too." Uh, well, there's the murder in Evansville principle again. That's no, but one here, case. But here's the thing. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. We're going to own our history. We, yeah, yeah, you, I'm with you. Because if we start denying reality, other that just makes us look ridiculous to the to the world. To say, if we start denying that Christians defended slavery in the antebellum South using their Bibles, we look stupid. Okay, because that's demonstrably false. We have to own our stuff. And guess what? Because I will do that. I'm going to make the Catholics own their stuff. Well, good on you, brother. Yeah, there's right, nobody gets no free passes for any Christians. Like I said, somebody objected to me saying this, but Christians have done a lot of terrible things, <clears> and a lot calm, of terrible just, people in the name calm of down, Jesus. Just calm down. And so, my Catholic friends are. If I'm going to make my Protestant fellow Protestants Con, own it, calm down. You haven't taken your medication. Don't make these guys own it. You didn't take your testaments today. All right, um, let's Fair move. Enough. Let's let's I'm just move. I'm saying on. we all have to own our stuff, and he gets no free pass. Catholic. I'm with you, man. I, that's why we're doing this video. Horrible things in history. Do, that's right. Okay. But it's going to get more interesting as we move on. Uh, here's one thing that he says that, uh, that, okay, here's another example of something every Christian wants to own mm -hmm. that Catholicism, at least according to this video, is claiming for themselves. The rapid spread of Christianity as evidence of, like, providence. The, the rapid spread of Christianity. God must have had something to do with that. Yeah, I agree. And both of us are sitting here going, Yep. Yep. What absolutely. Does that have to do with the Catholic Church. But that again begs the question of whether the is whether early Christians meant Roman Catholics, right? Right. Uh, all right. Uh, here's another. Here's one I'm going to give them. I'm going to give them this one. Maybe some of our listeners will tell me that I shouldn't give them. That. I'm going to give it to them. Catholicism pretty well began the scientific method. Okay. I mean, you know. Fine. Yeah. And atheists gave me the iPhone or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, no, honestly, 
I'm with you. I, I like, I think even in the last episode, we talked about how Christians, mm-hmm. you know, uh, believe that we live in a rational cosmos, that it obeys certain laws and is orderly because there is a, a rational mind behind the creation of the cosmos. Yes, and, I like, so we expect and that. I like Catholic theology uh, in the Middle Ages. I like reading Aquinas. Aquinas? Yeah, I mean, look. Anselm. Just like I said, my rant earlier, own their... We're going to own the good their, stuff, too, man. Yeah, I'll get good stuff, too. You, and you take... You've done the, some good things. Right, man. Catholics do good things today. Yeah. So, okay, good. It's okay. We're not out to get you. No. Just just admit your junk. At least not in this video. Well, like I said, <laughs> I, I expect Protestants, even though they don't want to, I make them admit their hor- the, the horrible things Protestants have done. I want Catholics to own their stuff. You, wanna, you, you talk about the good things that the Southern Baptist Convention has done. Yeah, First I did. on the scene when there's a tragedy or something. Yeah. Yeah, there's good stuff. Better than the federal government's See, FEMA I tricked him. I tricked him into saying good no, things. That I, <laughs> I give the Southern Baptist props where they have due, where they're due. Okay. But let's just recognize all let's just recognize reality is what I'm saying. Yeah. And and that's part of reality. Well done. And, and thanks. But will you talk about your own people? What's wrong with the general Baptists? Nothing. Okay. I haven't been one long enough to find their problems. <laughs> and then as soon as I find their problem, we'll go be assembly I, I'll of God. tell you one thing bad about them. What? Huh? You'll go be assembly of God when you find their problems. No. I, I one of the problems that they have is their they frown on education, which But I see this is, is the very, position. The, but see, well, he didn't make this point. But this plays into what I've heard other Catholic apologists say, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what I'm characterizing you as saying, which is if you don't like it at one place, you just go to another denomination, go to another church, just Mm -hmm. bounce around. And there's no like, like what if you were cheating on your wife and the church wanted to hold you responsible for that? They can't because you'll just up and leave and go somewhere else where they'll be like, it's Mm -hmm. fine, man. Come on in here. We won't say anything. And nobody, there's no authority over your life from the church. And I agree with him on that too. Do I, and and I'm like... I don't necessarily agree with them that because I don't think that what they are calling Roman Catholicism now is the same thing that was in the third portion. I mean, they're totally different organizations. I mean, they're really not much tether there, like they claim. Um, but I, 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 I will, like, when Catholics make arguments from tradition, that some things we have because of tradition, like the canon of Scripture you have because of tradition. Now, I'm not going to say that that's their tradition, that they get to claim that process of uh, identifying the canon. For their arguments for the validity of tradition, they bring that up, and I'm I'm t- totally with you. But you were handed a you were handed a Bible with 66 books. You can make all the arguments of self authentication of scripture. You can make all the arguments of uh, uh, of the Holy Spirit providentially guiding whatever. At the end of the day, you believe that Bible that Bible existed before you did. They said this is your Bible, and you receive it on faith and tradition that that's the canon that you have. Your in your existential experience, sure. And so when they use those kind of arguments, fine, I'll grant that too. So we're going to give them Catholicism began the scientific method as yeah. we understand it Take today, it. and gave us a lot of these great institutions. You know what we're still going to say? Christianity gave us the scientific method, right? right? Uh, okay, so let's let's move on. And, and 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 of course, Catholicism wasn't always nice to the scientists who use that scientific method. That's right. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget that. <laughs> right. Okay, um, miracles. Now, here's where it starts to get fun, folks, and maybe why Matt Chisholm of the Bible Bro Down since this particular video, because he wanted to see how weird it would get with us. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, first of all, miracles of the saints. Now, he only gives us a couple of specific examples of what he's talking about, and we'll deal with those in just a minute. Um, but Non-Catholics, I just want to say, non-Catholics have 
highly evidenced miracles too. Mm-hmm. Like miracles are not the property of Catholicism. Nope. I mean, do I doubt that there have been some miracles happen to some Catholics? No, I don't doubt that. Of course I think there have been. Right, because Christianity is th- true. But yeah, and he talks <laughs> about how like when you have a saint, you have to figure out what the miraculous things were attached to their lives, you know, and all that. And they enlist even, uh, you know, outsiders who are not Catholic. In some cases, I think they even have atheists to come and, and to uh, investigate these things and, and, and see if the miracle claims. Yeah. And if there's any naturalistic explanation, then it's not a miracle. When, they, when they're like, I don't know how this, this, there's no naturalistic explanation, then that gets determined a miracle. Right. Um, and we have that stuff too, man. In fact, there's, we certainly think there's a lot more saints <laughs> than <laughs> what you guys think because I can go into almost any Baptist church, and I've done this, by the way, and I'll say... How many of you, because I, I do this thing on, I talk about heaven, I've got a sermon on heaven that I preach, and, and so I'll, I'll ask this as part of that whole thing, that whole sermon. I'll say, how many of you, by raising your hands, have a loved one, or it's been true of you yourself, that you had some disease, like riddled with cancer or something like that, and they were like, there's no hope, there's no, there's, there's no way, and then at some point, gone. It was better. You were healed. And guess what? I've yet to go into church where multiple hands don't go up. Mm-hmm. Now, was did that? Did we have like a, a quorum who got together and investigated that? No, but we had a medical professional, uh, a team of medical professionals, perhaps. And this stuff gets written up in the scientific journals. So, I mean, th- this happens. But just so you know that we do in the non-Catholic Christian realm take this stuff seriously. Uh, here's what C. Stephen Evans had to say about Craig Keener's 700-page tome on miracles. Mm-hmm. Keener, do you like Keener? I love Keener. I know you like Keener. You think he's one of the smartest people on earth? I, I, yeah, yeah, yes. If there was one person that I could trade my brain for, it would be his. Wow. There, are, there are no New Testament scholars worthy to untie his sandals. Keener's study includes hundreds of reports selected from thousands of credible eyewitness accounts of miracles. Many of these occur in what he calls the recent West thus clearly undermining Hume's assumption that miracles came from ignorant and barbarous tribes in faraway times and places. However, even more, such claims come from the global south, and Keener has carefully collected, critically examined, and evaluated a mass of such claims from Africa, Asia, and South America. It is not possible in a brief review to do justice to the quantity and quality of this evidence. And this has been an extremely celebrated work, even by Cat. Even by Catholics. Even by cessationists have to go, huh. Yeah, what do we do with this? <laughs> I mean, this is the book on miracles, at least among Protestants. And guess what? I've heard, I've heard several Catholics talking about this book and using it as an evidence right. too. So we've got, we've, miracles are not the exclusive property of Catholics. Nope. Maybe what he means by that is that they seem to specifically be with respect to saints. Mm-hmm. So here's where it gets interesting. Okay. Do, do we get our Tim full hats out now? Is that what? Well, not, I'm not going to say that. Is that what Chisholm's after? Probably. But um, when I read the, um... no, there it is, folks. When we started the show, he was as tall as me. It's it's just his, and he was trying to tell me something about the building shifting. I think the bu- <laughs> what it is is I think the bad posture. Shifted. It's bad posture. So if I have correct posture, I'm taller? Is that what we're saying? Yes, that's what it is. Because, no, the building didn't slant over the weekend. Well, we'll see. It's bad. I've caught you. Okay. 
Hi, welcome to Trading Radio. I don't have good posture. No, you have terrible posture. But could I have posture enough that if I was dead for a thousand years, I would maintain my upright position? Because that is where we're going next. Oh, the the, uh, non-decaying bodies. Incorruptible, to use biblical language. Incorruptible bodies. Let's, Let's... Slower decaying bodies. Well, here, well, let, well now hold okay. on now. Let's let's hear the evidence. Now, this is from HowStuffWorks.com because I wanted to get a uh, non-religious source talking about this and describing it. And I have to say, th- there's something to th- there's something about this that's interesting. There's something about the way you s- look. I'm sorry, you're doing this weird. I'm trying to do a podcast here. No. Just, <laughs> I, do you, should we just stand up? Is that where we're going with this? If we stand up, I'm shorter. I like I, keep being. You like being yeah. taller some of the time. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I won't do that again. Okay, here we go. You ready to? Mm-hmm. Are you, have you, can you pull yourself together? Yes. Okay. Can you sit up straight? If, I mean, no, this is it. This is what you okay. get. Okay, I'm comfortable. Saint nice. Sylvan. Uh, now, now here's a couple of cases of incorruptible. So the claim is that we have these saints that were buried and exhumed later, and their bodies were, uh, like, not corrupted, had not decayed, had remained pristine or close to pristine. In fact, did you read the Brothers Karamazov? Mm-hmm. Years ago. Okay, I'm trying to get you to stop thinking about how we're sitting <laughs> and listen to what I'm saying, okay? Stop it. The Brothers Karamazov. Do you remember the priest in the Brothers Karamazov? Mm-hmm. All right? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that guy has one of the most beautiful, lengthy speeches in the whole book that has a heck of a lot of speeches. Yes. And, and yet it's the grand deliverer, or the grand, um, the grand inquisitor, that's right, that is the one that gets all the, all the fireworks. Right. But that priest, man, he said some stuff. He basically mm-hmm. gives the history of the world in that speech. But he dies, and, when, and is it him... I think it's him that they say this about. They expected him to not decay because, man, he's for right. sure, if anybody's going to be a saint, it's going to be him. And they talk about the smell was like <laughs> worse than a normal person dead. Yeah. And it was a big scandal in the town. But that's what we're talking about. When someone dies and they're exhumed later and they are not decaying, then that is an evidence that they're to be a saint. That's something supernatural going on there. So we've got a couple of examples of these. Uh, one is from, and these are like the two of the most prominent. Uh, HowStuffWorks.com uh, has an article on this, and this is what this is what it says. Saint Sylvan is on display at the Church of Saint Blaise um, in Croatia. He was martyred in the fourth century, after the fourth century, after nearly seventeen hundred years, his body remains intact. His eyebrows are still in place, and his curly hair remains lifelike. His skin has retained a remarkable amount of natural color, as have his lips, man. That's from the article, How Can a Corpse Be Incorruptible? Okay. Now, here's another one for you. Okay. Same, same article. Uh, perhaps the most famous incorruptible is a young shepherdess, St. Bernadette. She died at age 35, but achieved acclaim among Catholics for having been visited by the Virgin Mary. The Virgin instructed Bernadette to dig in a spot at Lourdes, France, a well sprung, a well sprung up, and came to be regarded as a healing place. Bernadette died in 1879 and was exhumed under candidacy of beatification in 1909. Her corpse was uncorrupted. She was reinterred in her crypt and dug up again in 1919 and in 1923, and... Uh, 
let's see, do I want to read any more of this? Upon the third exhumation, she was dissected. Her organs were still soft and malleable. <laughs> she was placed on display in a, a reliquary where she remains today at the convent of, uh, of St. Gildard at Nevers, France. Okay, okay. So I don't, the X-Files theme. Yeah, I'm not going to read right. the rest of this. Right. Okay. But but she's incorru- she's she's incorruptible, right? Decaying That's, slower. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. What do we want to say about this? Creepy. Creepy. It's weird. Now I have to admit, and even the How Stuff Works article did say this that there's something about like they can't exactly explain what's going on here. Okay. It's weird. It is weird, and science doesn't quite have an answer to the full scope of what is happening. Of why some bodies decay slower. Well, some people claim some people claim that this is these are hoaxes. Uh, the skeptical community has people that claim that. Some people claim not all the skeptical community though. No, some of them are willing to admit, yeah, this is weird. Uh, we don't weird. Know, you know. Uh, a, they they affirm that there's probably some naturalistic explanation mm-hmm. that has yet to be discovered, but they're not claiming it's a hoax. Some of them are. Some of them are not claiming it's a hoax. I don't think it's a hoax. Well, but there's also another problem. Okay, there's a couple other problems. Right. First of all, on each of these cases, what about Sylvan? about this St. Sylvan. From Skeptoid, which is a skeptical uh, place dealing with this, which can't believe I'm quoting a skeptical paper here, but the body appears to be perfect. It is a sculpted effigy. St. Sylvan's actual remains are said to be contained within the box below the effigy, but there is no display signage to explain this to the faithful, and many come away with photographs of what they think is the actual body. If he's incorruptible, as the church claims, why display the effigy instead of the body? Like they do with other things. So when you go see this guy, you don't actually see, the see body. him. You're seeing an effigy, and people think that's him. It's not him. Okay, so we'll take that one out of. And they don't make that clear. They don't make that clear according shame, to shame. according to Skeptoid. Okay, all right, but let's get a little more well, reputable. And I, well, I, I, you know, I have sympathies with with that kind of thing. Having been to Israel and saying that this is the tomb of Jesus, and then someone else says this is the tomb of Jesus. Right. Why don't you just say... We don't know, but we think maybe. We, we don't know. Here's the evidence. But here's what a first century tomb that Jesus might have been in looks like. And, right. And that's just as good. Right. Cool. Something from the first century. It was something like this. Awesome. But no, you have three different sites all fighting over. I've that. been to Israel yeah. with little old ladies in church groups, and I've been to Israel with scholars. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what almost universally happens. Uh, church folks think that it's the garden tomb because it looks right, th- though they can't quite, sometimes they're just like, I just feel that this is it. And then scholarly people think it's the Church of the Holy Sepulchre because reasons. So anyway, um, <laughs> because yeah, so, not good so, all right, so here we, so here we go. Uh, what about the, the, probably the most famous case, which is St. Bernadette? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Atlas Obscura uh, says this, the not quite incorruptible St. Bernadette of Lourdes, this is, a, this is an article there. Seeing the not Obscura. quite incorruptible. As, as part of the canonization process, her body was exhumed three separate times, as we say, 1909, 1919, 1925, when she was moved to the crystal casket. Her body was pronounced by the church as officially incorrupt, but it seems the qualifications for that term may have been somewhat lax. In the words of the attending doctor in 1919, quote, the body is practically mummified, covered with patches of mildew and quite a notable layer of salts, which appear to be calcium salts. The skin has disappeared in some places, but it is still present on most parts of the body. 
After a few ribs were removed to be sent to Rome as relics, it was decided that the blackish color of her face might be off-putting to pilgrims, and so a light wax mask was in order. Her new face and hands were designed by Pierre Imams, a designer of fashion mannequins in Paris. Gross. So she didn't look that great. She kind of, parts of her are falling apart, so a wax. And we're taking bones away. To... And a designer was brought in to make it look real. Um, I mean, yeah. What so, are you doing I mean, to the dead people, Catholic folk? I mean, come on. Okay, so that's one reason, and you could do this with each of these. Yeah. There, there are things about it that's, okay, she's decaying slower, like you say, but, but she is decaying. It's rough. And guess right? what? There are also non-saints. Yeah. Member, okay, uh, do I have that one in here? Uh, and at least one case of incorruptibility was discovered, this is again from the How Stuff Works article, in a person who clearly hadn't exactly lived a saintly life. Mm-hmm. Cardinal Schuster, an Italian archbishop, had been a fascist and friend of dictator Benito Mussolini. His corpse was found uncorrupted 31 years after his death. Now, but that's not the only problem. So, so we, so first of all, the ones that we're saying are incorruptible are kind of sort of corruptible, <laughs> and the ones that were, right. and then there are other ones like that, and they're not saints. In fact, they're not the greatest people. But then add to that this: other religions mm-hmm. have this same phenomenon. And why don't we have a lot of pro- Protestant? Because uh, we don't go digging up. We don't dig these people up. Well, I, I'm not going to go check on my dad. To Billy see Graham. If he's or not. Billy Graham. If, yeah. if we had saints, Billy Graham would be chief among them. And we're not digging him up in a few years no. to see what's going on. Please don't. I hope not. All right. Uh, so, but now that it's out there, some <laughs> weirdo is going to grave rob. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, but these other religions, gross. other religions have it uh, in, among Buddhists. Dashi Dorzo. Itigulov, so I'm, I'm going with it, was a Buddhist <laughs> lama who hailed from Russia in 1927. While still very much alive, Itigulov asked his fellow lamas to begin funeral rites for him, sitting in the lotus position. You know, the one where I think that's where your legs are crossed and you're mm. kind of sitting upright like I'm not. Right. He, died like during not. Med- he died during that meditation. In his will, he asked specifically to be buried exactly as he had died. Curiously, he also asked that his body be exhumed after a few years. As of 2002, Idigilov's body was described as, quote, in the condition of someone who had died 36 hours ago. Since that time, its appearance has been changed by the salt it was packed in. So we've got a Buddhist. I have other, I won't read them, but I have an Incan girl who was discovered in 1999, a 500-year-old body. She's a 15-year-old girl, and she was, she was, she was in better shape than some of these. Um, then you have Lady Zin Zhu. Lady Zin Zhu was the wife of a minor Chinese nobleman during the, the Han Dynasty. Um, I mean, she's old. This one is yeah. old. What, what we, really what old. What I conclude is, and I hate to sound like an atheist arguing for the multiverse here, but given enough, if you had enough human bodies over the course of history, some of them are going to do weird things. Some of, this is going to happen to some. Yeah, uh, all over the world. And given the fact that Catholicism has been a major population of the world. In well, and history. they're some of the only ones that are digging these bodies up to check. Right. Right. So that doesn't really count. Now, I hate it because somebody's a clever apologist thinking, yeah, that's what they say about given enough universes, one of them is going to be life permitting. And it's a similar type of argument. But there's no evidence for multiple universes. There's evidence of right. non-decaying bodies or and other, slowly decaying and other bodies. Religi- slowly yeah. decaying bodies in other religions, yes. Yeah. And given enough human bodies over the course of human history... Well, you're you're going to find some weird things. We know this happens. 
right? Unless they, unless he wants to affirm that Buddhists are also right, which he can't do because of his first point, which says there's truth and Catholicism has the truth. Okay, well then you can't affirm Buddhism or these Incas or Zenju or whatever right, else. Right, but, but this cancels out this argument for you because we have right. Buddhists who do this, so right. this is not part of your case. Right, so there you go. So that's incorruptible bodies. I thought that was fascinating. I will say, though, it's still weird, and it's still mm-hmm. interesting, mm-hmm. and I will be studying it further. And I if this guy not. has better examples or responses to these things, I hope he sends them There's to another me. thing that science has failed to give an answer for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you have the last one, which is Marian apparitions. He talks about a particular case yeah. in Cairo where... Yeah, and Our Lady Fatima and then the, the one in Guadalupe. Yeah, there's a lot of them, Yeah, but... they're weird. This is weird. Mary appearing to people, weird. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is what's interesting about this. Yeah. He didn't say this, but I've, I've had skeptics say it to me. If you want to... Okay, so we've got sometimes hundreds, even a thousand people mm-hmm. seeing this at once mm-hmm. and claiming that it happened. So they saw Mary... Yeah, that's a lot like the apologetic response with respect to the resurrected Jesus from 1 Corinthians 15. Mm -hmm. We have 500 plus people who saw there is in Christ. Mm -hmm. So it's similar in how they frame it up. So go. Why is is that not proof of Catholicism, but the resurrected Jesus seen by 500 is proof, or at least good evidence, for the resurrected Jesus? Well, first of all, the, the resurrection of Jesus was a bodily resurrection that convinced the, those 500 people to give their lives for it. That's a key element. Mm-hmm. They were willing to die. If you wanted to, and he didn't frame it up like this, but if you wanted a one-to-one comparison, right. you would have to have some of those people willing to die for the claim that they saw Mary and change their religious practices because they saw Mary. Right. Um, and they saw a bodily... Mary. And if you say, well, you're just raising the, the bar. No, because so an no, apparition. We're trying to create apparition a of bright light Mary glow is not the resurrected Jesus. Didn't, didn't, I, I don't recall seeing Mary eat fish. Right. Okay. Hanging out with people, you know, in, in the same kind of, it's not the same kind of, a bodily physical resurrection. In, in the example he gave, yeah. that case, Mary didn't even speak. Right. Now, this is interesting. Because my problem is not, could Mary appear? Fine. That, that's fine. Maybe, what if one of these is true? Could have been. There's been several cases that the Catholic Church has confirmed, many more claims that the Catholic Church won't even affirm. But in some of the ones that the Catholic Church affirms, my problem with it is, if they saw something, it's wicked and not Mary because of the claims made. By Mary. By Mary, that Mary says that Jesus wants them to make her known that she is the one who is full of grace and merciful uh, towards people, and that if they follow making her known, they will be saved is the reward. Salvation is a reward. Is that a common statement, or is that in one particular case? That's from a quote. Okay. Uh, or a paraphrase. But is she, what I'm trying to get at is, does she regularly say that when she shows up, or is that in one particular case? Oh, there's several... Is it in a case confirmed by Catholicism? Yes, where okay. there's there's crazy claims by Mary that seem to be sacrilegious or blasphemous. Okay. If you compare it to Scripture, salvation is of the Lord. It's not of making Mary famous. Right. Right? So, got anything else? Yeah, well, some Christian apologists don't like the full of grace thing, you know. Um, that's not the most troubling one. I mean, you know, um, Mary was full of, you know, 
grace by God, was right. what, you know, that's what it says. So right. um, I'm not troubled that Mary said that, if that's just repeating a line from Luke's gospel or whatever. But the stuff about making her know. Something that indicates that she's the way of and salvation. her showing forgiveness and mercy for sins. And her uh, granting salvation to everyone who, who does this bidding of Jesus to make her famous. That's, that's, that's not from God. You might have so, saw something, because we can account, like we, we talked about with the occult. We can account for weird things in a Christian worldview. But if you see a apparition of something saying stuff that's not compatible with biblical Christianity. Yeah, got, because we should remember that. that Catholics affirm the tradition of the church, but they don't want to say that the church tradition is going to be incompatible with Scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's an important piece. Well, okay. there's all sorts of gymnastics that... <laughs> yeah, but okay, so, so this... So I... I enjoyed this one. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy it? Mm-hmm. And uh, again, really like this guy. We'll be listening to more of his uh, stuff, more more of his videos. And I think if he was here with us, he'd be pretty cool on the show. Uh, but if these are your reasons for why you're a Catholic, if you strip away the the incorruptible bodies, the Marian apparitions, then what you're left with are things like miracles, the spread of Christianity, it's countercultural, you know, all the, these are all things that any Christian, any true Christian, uh, any, any Protestant who uh, believes the Bible is going to say, well, those things count for us just like they count for you. So then you're just back to what, why are you really doing this? And what a lot of, what a lot of Catholics I know who have gone from Protestant to Catholic, I don't know a lot, but the ones I do know, they just say, well, I think they've got the, the, tradition of the church on their side. And the tradition of the mm. church is interesting, but there's traditions of churches, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, which, how do we know that it should be the Catholic church? So yeah. uh, why not the Eastern Orthodox church? Why not, uh, why not the first century church understood through the biblical lens? You know, why? Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, here's what I, I want. We need to get Don Johnson to, to make a video of why he's a Catholic. I thought that's what convinced was going to be. The yeah, movie convinced, but it wasn't. So we need to call up our. He's a buddy of our, the show. We, you're buddies with Don Johnson. Say, so, okay, you need to go make a quick YouTube why you're Catholic. Yeah, and then we'll respond to it. Yeah, because I think that he's going to give us different stuff than the tinfoil hat stuff that you get into with the X Files and the the slowly decaying body. Come on, I mean, I, I know that it strikes us that way. Johnson or or but Beckwith is not going to go into this. I think why I Catholic. think they're going to say we got some incorruptible bodies. I don't think so. You don't think so? <laughs> Not on a YouTube video trying to say why they're Catholic. Well, this... Now, what they'll say is, yeah, that stuff, that stuff's worldview-dependent, so if you take these reasons for being Catholic, then you get this stuff, too. But when they're doing their pitch but for why I'm but a Catholic, here, but, 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 Beckwith is not going to start talking but here's, about this Okay, stuff. but here's the thing. Donald Johnson's not going to talk But here's the thing. I like this, and I'll tell you why I like that he tried this approach. Is because... Because you look at this well, stuff. Well, number one, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> number two... He is claiming truth mm-hmm. as objective, mm-hmm. and he is trying to give you evidence. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's great. Mm-hmm. All right, if you're not into this kind of stuff, go check out uh, Soteriology 101 with Leighton Flowers, Bible Bro Down with Matt Chisholm and Billy Wendelin, although they get into some of this kind of weird they stuff, They go too. weirder than this. Um, I love it. It's great. and Because you're on the episodes where they get the weirdest. That's why you like the it. The Flat Earth episode. Uh, go, if you have never listened to any Bible Bro Down, 
if for some reason you like listening to me talk, we do this flat earth show and it's great. It's a lot of fun. But we do, I mean, I'll say this much. We, well, okay. Well, check, check those out. Also, if you'd like to become a student at Trinity College of the Bible and Theological Seminary, visit the us narrow at path. Trinity. Steve Gregg. Oh, Steve Gregg's yeah. the Narrow Path. You're absolutely right. You need to go listen to that because it's like. But that's not how you become a. TrinitySem.edu, TrinitySem.edu. Talk to us. We'd love to put you in a class on engaging the cults, uh, world religions, where you can get a lot more worldview type stuff. And our Christian Contemporary Apologetics 101, or one, Contemporary Apologetics 1 and 2. You mm-hmm. teach 2, mm-hmm. I teach 1. Um, 1 is better, but Look, we let have me, both. Let me, now, and, people listen. Very carefully. Say, listen to me, Internet. Listen to me, Internet. I'm willing to... I don't know for sure, but if not the fastest, one of the fastest-growing apologetic schools, our school seminaries for apologetics has to be Trinity. We have, like, tripled our enrollment in our apologetics programs, and a lot of that has to be credited to uh, your rising star um, in the apologetics speaking circuit. People... Uh, Locking to Trinity, and here's the thing. Uh, the reason for that is we have more than just one degree program for apologetics. Uh, you can come out of apologetics and philosophy, you can come out of apologetics and culture, you can come out of apologetics and theology, and Trinity handles all of that. We have experts in all of that. So if apologetics is your thing... Dr. Jonathan Pritchett. Yeah, whatever. If apologetics is your thing, you can come here and learn from, yes, me, and of course him, and and several other wonderful profs, and this is the school for apologetics. Right on, man. Yeah, I I think that's probably... Trinity Sim. But we also have other programs. We have programs in biblical studies and theology. We have programs... In biblical counseling and in Christian counseling and pastoral ministry and expository preaching, all kinds of degree programs. Uh, but and you should come if you are interested in any of those programs. But mainly uh, for the apologetics junkies, this is the seminary for apologetics in the 21st century. Sorry, other seminaries, just not us. Thank you for watching this episode of Trinity Radio. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like more content, click here and keep watching, just like you do on Netflix. You can just keep watching. Do it. If you want to have Bible studies, click up here. Excellent commentaries on uh, books of the Bible for you to enjoy and learn. And finally, we want you to subscribe. We need more subscribers, so click here.